Hey, thanks for tuning into our podcast today. My name is Derek Puckett. I'm the lead pastor at Renewal Church of Chicago. If you want to know more information about us, you can head to our website at RenewalChicago.com. I pray today that this message is a blessing and an encouragement to your soul. Well, family, as we get into the text this morning, uh, we're going to be in Philippians chapter 3. Verses 1 through 11. So if you would, I'm going to ask you to do something that I haven't asked you to do in a while, but we would do this if we were on a, at a Sunday a service, which is I want you to stand to your feet wherever you are in your homes, wherever you are, just stand up and, and let's read the word of God together. Let's honor the word of God together. And, and I'm going to give you a second. And once you got it, I want you to say, got it. You scream it out loud in your house. If you're able to write it in the chat, just say, got it. Philippians chapter Three verses one through eleven. Hear now the reading of God's word, starting in verse one. The text reads Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you is no trouble to me and is safe for you. Look out for the dogs, look out for the evildoers, look out for those who mutilate the flesh. For we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also. If anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. You got to love Paul. He says, circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews as to the law, a Pharisee as to zeal, a persecutor of the church as to righteousness under the law blameless but whatever gain i had i counted as loss for the sake of christ indeed i count everything as a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing christ jesus my lord for his sake i have suffered loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that i may gain christ and be found in him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which, that which comes through faith in Christ. The righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. That by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Very words of God, amen. Today, I want to preach on this topic, nothing else compares, nothing else compares. Let's pray. Father, I just ask simply right now that you go before me and this word would be a word that we need to hear this morning, that it'd be a word that would fall fresh on your people. Father, I ask that you decrease me so that you may increase have your way, Jesus. It's in your name that we all said together. Amen. Amen. Well, family, this morning, I don't have any eloquent illustration to open up with today or anything. But I do have one question for you. Here's the question. Are you able to relax in the midst of this pandemic? I mean, really, relax. Uh, are you able to relax 
Let me say it a, a different way. Friends, is Jesus enough? Is he enough? The reason I ask this is because if we intentionally choose God in our lives, not only will we be able to relax, but I believe we will be able to see that nothing else matters outside of knowing Jesus. Not our lives on this earth, not our comforts, not our families, not our jobs, not money or anything else. Because when you intentionally choose God, you begin to experience a godly joy that nothing else compares to. Again, I ask you, is Jesus enough? Paul begins our passage today by saying, finally, brothers, I say rejoice. And hear me, this is key to this opening, where he's opening up in this passage, because Paul, he's going to switch gears a bit here in our text, which we're going to get to. But what Paul is saying by rejoice is essentially, don't miss this, what we've been saying throughout the last several weeks, which is choose joy. He's saying that regardless of what is happening to you or going on around you, the Christian has to intentionally, key word, intentionally choose joy, which means that joy is not something that's just willingly given to you where where you've done well in your life and it's just a passive joy that because I've done well, I deserve joy or I deserve happiness. Many people have said, I've done well, I should be happy. And Paul is saying, no, 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 that's not the way this works. Paul, if you remember, while he's writing this text, he's sitting in a prison cell, and while in the prison cell, he's being ridiculed by others. So he's saying to us that our joy or our happiness is not found in what's happening to us or around us, but instead is found in Jesus. It's found in understanding and knowing the joy of eternity with God, with Jesus forever and ever after we leave this earth, this world and all its mess again. As we've been saying, family, choose joy. Choose God. But right after this verse in the text, I I love it. Paul then switches gears a bit. If you look at your text and he says, beware of the dogs. Now, Paul, when he says dogs, he's not talking about literal dogs. But dog, this term dog was referring to usually anyone who wasn't Jewish, the Gentiles of the time. But when Paul says this, because they're, they're usually calling these Gentiles unclean. Paul, I love it. Paul uses the same word, but he does a play on words right now. And he's really talking about the Jews. He's talking about the Judaizers to be exact. Now, these were Jews that would say in order to be saved or in order to be sanctified, one has to hold uh, and stand firm on the Old Testament law. You, you got you to gotta obey it to a T. That, that's the only way you could be saved and sanctified. Basically, they, they justified themselves by their works. They justified themselves by what they did. And in this case, they're talking specifically about the circumcision. Now, Paul is using such strong language here because saying that one is saved, y'all can't miss this, saying that one is saved or justified by their works or solely what they do is in direct opposition to the gospel of Jesus Christ or the gospel of grace. In other words, by saying one is justified or saved by what they do, you're now adding to Jesus's work on the cross. Uh, basically, I, I like to say it's kind of like a 
slap in the face to Jesus and saying, you know, you know Jesus, what you did on the cross when you died for me, that's all fine and dandy. That, that's a, a, a good thing that you did. But you know what? It wasn't enough. I got to bring something to the table with my hands. I have to do my part. It's got to be by the sweat on my back. or It's got to be by the work of my hands. I got to do my part, Jesus. I got to bring something to the table. Now, now, I need you to hear me, friends. Hear me closely on this one, because before we shake our heads at these Jews or these Judaizers here in the text that Paul is talking about, y'all hear me. This is not too far away from our American Christianity and the spiritual calisthenics, if you may, that we put ourselves through in order to warrant God's <laughs> approval or his grace. I know, I know I'm stepping into someone's kitchen with that one. I, no, I, I got I to gotta wake up in the morning. I have to read my Bible in the morning. I got to have my coffee, tea, or biscuit, or crumpet, whatever it is with it. I, some of y'all funny with that, but you got to do it exactly that same way every day. And I got to read for this amount of time. I have to do that, or, or no, I got to be the church, be at church at the right time, on, on time. I cannot be late, and I have to say hello to this person. I got to have a smile on my face. I make sure that I give my tithes. I, I make sure that I give to this person in need and I help this other person and then I take care of my family. I'm a great provider and then I do well at my job. I, I'm 100% at everything I do. And if you notice, here's the reality. None of those things that I said were bad things. But hear me, none of them should be the source of approval that your soul longs for. In fact, they simply do not suffice, which inevitably, if they are satisfying you right now temporarily, which some of us, that's where we are. If those things that you do are satisfying you temporarily, it puts you on this hamster wheel of performance Christianity. Y'all know what a hamster wheel is, right? You watch that crazy animal just running up that hamster wheel over and over again in circles. I'm like, how dumb can you be? You ain't going nowhere. But they really think they're going somewhere, running up this hamster wheel over and over again. And the reality is, is when we're working by our hands and we're continually putting on that Christian face or putting on the face that we know people will be approved by family, we're really not getting anywhere. It's that performance Christianity. It's the hamster wheel. Now, <clears throat> this is very important for us to pay attention to, especially in times like today, in times of crisis, because we get to a place where we can so easily seek approval from everything or every person around us because of this looming pandemic that none of us can actually fix. So consequently, you know what happens? We try to find something we can do or run to for fulfillment. And before you know it, we end up someplace that we never thought we would ever be. We, we end up worshiping something that we know we should not be worshiping. And the problem is that whatever or wherever we're, whatever we're searching for or whatever we're longing for, don't miss this, our hearts will never find it in this world. I, I love the way C.S. Lewis, the writer, says this, these words. He says, I found, I found a, a desire within myself that no experience in this world can satisfy. The most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. Family, the simple explanation 
is that our hearts, they're, they're idol-making factories, meaning we will always search outside of God for something more. And even when God gives us good things, we'll make the good things of God ultimate in our life, but at the end of the day, our hearts will still be left unsatisfied because it's like I said last week, we were made to be satisfied by God. This is the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is the good news that Christ died for the sins of the world and all that believe are now saved, saved now, but also all throughout eternity. Hear me, there is nothing, there's nothing that we can do there. There's no amount of good that will ever measure up to the goodness of Christ Jesus that he's displayed, that he's given towards us. It, it will never measure up to that good of Christ Jesus. There's nothing we can bring to the table that isn't tainted by the stench of sin or unholiness or, because we simply aren't holy without blemish. We're not perfect we're imperfect we have mistakes and God's desire is for us to be holy he desires holiness no blemishes just perfection and the only one that fits that bill is Jesus and guess what here's the craziness Jesus gave all of that up for us when he died on the cross we just read about that in Philippians 2 he's the only one to fit the bill not us and he gives it all up so that we could have life. So hear me, even if you wanted to do something good, because none of us are perfect, the sacrifice that you make would not be enough for God. So Christ had to suffer. Christ had to die for us. In order for us to have life now, when we believe we're now approved by God through the work of Jesus Christ. Y'all have heard me say it before, and I'm going to say it again. We work from approval and not for approval. Amen, somebody. Paul tells us and the Philippian church to beware of the dogs. Folks who preach a different gospel, one by works instead of grace. And just in case you didn't get it, Paul says, we are the circumcision. That's all who believe, that all who walk according to the gospel of Jesus Christ and worship by the spirit of God, as he says, and glory in Christ Jesus. Paul keeps going in the text, and I love his words, and I love Paul's writing. If you pay attention to it, because y'all, he's very straightforward. But he always, in his writing, he tends to repeat himself over and over again in different ways to get his point across. Because then he says, who puts no confidence in the flesh. Then he validates this statement of saying, I, I don't put confidence in the flesh, flesh by saying, anyone who has reason to put confidence in the flesh, if anybody, it, it should be me. I love Paul. Look at these verses, verses 4 through 7. Look what Paul says. He says, though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh, also, if any one else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Love it. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless, but whatever gain I had. I counted as lost for the sake of Christ. Family, 
when you look at these verses, y'all, you, you got to look at them because we constantly read over them and we're like, yo, Paul gave up a lot. But, but if you switch the lens a bit, you, you can see that my man Paul had some status. He was circumcised, let me run through it, on the eighth day, according to Jewish custom. He was ethnically Israelite from the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, which meant that my man was from Jewish roots and he knew Aramaic. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees, a a, a teacher and part of the strictest Jewish religious sect. And as we learned in week one, when we're talking, me and Pastor Koble were talking about this this book, Koble said, he, he said, look, look, the credentials of Paul would be equal to a person with five PhDs. <laughs> and on top of that, my man Paul, before he became a Christian, was known as one of the most infamous uh, persecutors of the Christian ch- church. People looked up to them. They, he was highly looked up to before he was a Christian. But when you get to this text, my man basically is saying, look, look, when you look at my resume, none of y'all are on my level. None of you all can touch me. But yet, don't miss it in the text because Paul comes back to his point at the end. And he says, even though I got all of these credentials, I count it all as loss for the sake of knowing Christ. But see, the question should be in your head right now. It should be popping in and saying, why in the world would someone of Paul's nature, his stature, why, why would he give up? That type of status. And even before Paul, why, why would Jesus come down to earth and giving up being equal to God? Why, why would he do Is God really that good? Well, listen here. Listen to me. There's something about knowing Christ through your suffering. Giving up. There's, there's something about knowing Christ through your suffering. There's something about us really understanding the richness of God's goodness when we're at our lowest. I know I'm in someone's living room. It, it, it's that place you get to when you have nowhere else to turn. And, and hear me, I, I'm not just talking about the suffering that you might be thinking about where, where bad things happen. It's not just that type of suffering. Paul, Paul is getting at this different type of suffering a bit in the text when he, he, he's really speaking to the heart's longing and desire for more. And he's letting us know, look, 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 I had it all, but it was nothing in comparison. And it is nothing in comparison to knowing Jesus. In fact, he calls his accolades ruggish or dung. (laughs) Boo-boo for y'all that don't know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Hence the satisfaction and approval we we get from knowing Christ and being known by him is unmatchable. And sadly, sometimes us truly understanding that takes us getting to heights that are unimaginable and still being unsatisfied. Or it takes us getting to extreme lows that we never thought we would get to. Let me follow me with this. Each one of our journeys are different and suffering looks different for everyone. For you, your struggle might be more apparent and it might be something that is seen by others. But for some people, their struggle may be more internal. There may be this unseen struggle 
And see, it's in that place that I believe Paul in this text is telling us to let go. He's saying, look, choose God. See, it's, it's from that place that he lets go of his status to know Jesus. It's from that same place that he can sit in a prison cell and pen this letter while being ridiculed. But he still can say, I choose joy. I choose Jesus. Friends, suffering is different for all of us, but we all get to a place in our lives where we can make the right turn towards Jesus or we can make the wrong turn towards something else. And Paul is trying to get across to us and the church at Philippi. Nothing compares to knowing Christ Jesus. Choose him. Choose joy. I love the way Tim Keller, pastor in New York, he says it this way. You don't realize Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have. You don't realize Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have. See, here, here's the thing. All of us, every one of us is going through COVID-19. We're all experiencing losses on one level or another, whether that be a job loss or financial loss, uh, internal battle, depression, the racial tension, the political mayhem. We're all experiencing a level of, of suffering. And I believe that if nothing else in this season, God is allowing us to see that everything we've put our trust in outside of him can be lost. And if it's not lost, it will never give us what we truly need. So whether you've lost it all or you're experiencing this sense of lostness in your heart where your world has seemed to turn upside down, let me come back to that first question I posed in the beginning. And let me say it this way. If this world and everything around us never got any better, would Jesus be enough? Is he enough for you? Could you really sing the words to that song? If I have Jesus and nothing else, I have everything. Family, this is what Paul is trying to get at in this text. He's drawing us to a place to say, yeah, you might be going through it. But don't just keep working harder to get out of that situation. Don't, don't just keep trying to find an escape. No, no, no. But instead, can you look at your situation, even though it may not look good or it may not feel good, and say, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay because I got Jesus. Can you look at the situation and say, although I think I have the strength or the willpower to get out of it. I got the accolades and the achievements and all of that. I, I, I think I can get through this. Can you look at your situation and say, instead of depending on myself, I'm going to depend on someone who is greater than me. I'm going to depend on someone else for my joy. Now hear me. I don't want you to miss this because for the Christian going through suffering, it is a bit different. 
See, the Christian doesn't suffer without hope. And with that suffering, in a sense, for the Christian, I mean, it's part of the Christian walk. It's part of the Christian identity. And just in case you missed it in this text, what Paul is trying to get at is that suffering allows us to rely on God and become more intimate with him. Because simply left to us, y'all don't miss this, we would never want to suffer. Nobody wants to suffer. We would never willingly put ourselves into a place of suffering. And since we wouldn't do that, we have to actually rely on someone else to get us out of it. I don't know if you're following me. We wouldn't willingly put ourselves in a place of suffering, which means that on the other side, your willpower is not what's going to get you out of that suffering because you didn't put yourself there. Some of y'all missing this. I mean, it's sort of like quicksand. Nobody in their right mind is going to see some quicksand and be like, la di da di da di la di da di da I'm going to jump in it. What? Nobody in their right mind is going to jump in some quicksand willingly and just start sinking like, I just wanted to do this. No, you would not do this. And since you didn't willingly put yourself in there, look, we would not willingly put ourselves in a place to suffer or willingly put ourselves in harm. We can't get ourselves out of it. But here's the reality. If you walked into that space on accident, if you walked into that place unknowingly, in order to get out of it, don't miss this. If you're going into it unknowingly and you don't know how to get out of it, that means that someone else has to get you out. Someone else has to pull you out. In fact, with quicksand, most of us know this, if we start struggling and moving all around trying to get out on our own, you start sinking faster. Family, hear me. You need a savior. You need someone to save you. And I know someone may be thinking, but I don't want to be relying on someone else, Pastor D. I'm okay. Well, listen. Hear me, there is something freeing about knowing that your freedom or fulfillment is not up to you. That there's, there's this sense of freedom to live, to work, and to play more carefree, if you want to say, because you have an almighty God that is watching over you. Pa- parents, it's like your kids feeling like they can touch the sky simply because you're in the same room with them. Paul is saying in these last few verses, 8 through 11, don't miss it. He's saying, it's not my accomplishments uh, that, that have got brought me to a place of knowing Christ or knowing joy, but instead it's through my losses. It's, it's through the things that I have counted as loss. It's in my suffering that I have come to know the richness of God's goodness because he met me in my time of need. Somebody go with me. This is why Paul can sit in a prison cell and write a letter. This is why he can be ridiculed and not care because he knows that nothing else matters but knowing Christ. See, there's a certain joy that is unshakable 
that comes from knowing Christ because through his resurrection, as Paul notes in verse 11, it's the power. It's that power that got Jesus up from the grave that lets the Christian know that no matter what happens to them on this side of heaven, they will be okay because heaven awaits them. See, that gives the believer an unspeakable and unimaginable joy to rely on. The question is, do you know that joy? Have you chosen to rely on Christ in your suffering? Friends, hear me. To the person that's listening right now who's struggling, stop struggling by yourself. Someone needs to hear this. Stop struggling by yourself. But instead, turn to the one who is greater than your struggle, who will not only jump into the struggle with you, but he has the power to free you from that struggle. Choose God. And don't hear me saying that you'll suffer for the rest of your life and experience bad things till the day you die. That's not what I'm trying to say. I mean, for the Christian, you will experience some amount of suffering, but it's going to be different. It's more suffering on the behalf of others because you want them to know the same joy, the same hope that you know in Christ Jesus. Because the believer, you know where you're going after this, after this world. You know you're going to heaven. You know that you're going to be with God. So the suffering that the believer experiences is on behalf of others as you shine your light in front of a world that needs to know Jesus. But see, what I'm getting at right now, and I, this is for everyone, what I'm trying to say is don't miss the blessing of knowing God in the struggle while you're trying so hard to get out of it. Don't miss God. See, my fear for many people is that they're going to go through this, this pandemic this time of struggle, and they're going to miss the richness of God's goodness carrying us through to the other side of it. You see, we're so quick to tell somebody about the bad things or the problems that have occurred in our life since COVID-19, but what about the God moments? What about the good times? What about the good things that have happened? The, the time you've been able to spend with your family? What about those different things? I mean, have you just reflected and said, Thank you, God, for the little things. See, it's easy to see bad right now because bad is all around us in this world. But have you taken a second to see some of the good? Have you just shut off your phone and put it down on the table and, and turned off social media and all of that just for some silence and some solitude? I, I got to tell you, family. In July, when I, when I wasn't preaching, I, I jumped off of social media outlets. I wasn't on any social media. I, I turned my phone call. I, I put that stuff to a minimum. I didn't talk to too many people. And, and I got to tell you, because my soul was in a space where I was yearning for God. I was thirsting for God. I was tired with all of the news and the pandemic and the racial tensions and the, and the murder and, and the turmoil that was going on within my own heart, y'all, when I turned down the noise and I got in a place of silence and solitude, I was able to hear God. 
I was refueled by him. Family, do not miss God in the place of suffering. Cut off, cut off whatever noise is in your life right now. Turn it down so that you can meet with God and you can intentionally choose him so that you can rejoice over the fact that you have breath in your lungs. Rejoice that you have a, a roof, over your, roof over your head and clothes on your back. Rejoice that you have friends that love you, limbs that work. Choose intentionally to see God in the little things or the things that we so easily take for granted and watch your eyes become more keenly aware of the move of God in your life. Friends, hear me, don't get so wrapped up in the battle that you miss the hero in the war. Do not get so wrapped up in the battle that you miss the hero in the war. Choose God. I believe Paul is trying to let us know that there is nothing compared to knowing Christ. Not our works, not our accolades, saying choose him in the good and in suffering friends let's choose god together in essence let's choose joy my family as i get ready to pray right now i know there's someone listening and saying this is my first time i've chosen god i'm choosing to love him to run after him i, I want you to just click that link at the bottom for prayer or giving your life to the lord so we can pray with you, so we can know who you are. All you have to do is confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and you are saved. Welcome to the family. There's also someone that's listening saying, I just need prayer. I'm suffering. I'm going through it. I'm having trouble choosing God, choosing joy. Look, we want to pray with you. Hit that link at the bottom. We're doing this time right before communion. Text the number 224-216-4062. We want to walk with you during this season. We're not made to walk alone. Your family, hear me. As Paul is saying, even with all of that going on around us, even with all that we've done, there's a joy that's unspeakable in knowing Christ Jesus. Let's choose him together. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for your goodness. We thank you for loving us, Lord Jesus. We thank you for giving up your life on the cross for us, Jesus, and that through you, we're now approved when God looks at us if we believe. God, I pray for the person that's searching after joy, that's looking for fulfillment, that they would find it in you, Jesus, that you would draw them to you. The fact that they're listening right now and they're here, they're in the right place, God. So I pray that you would avail yourself to them and that they would know you and they would run after you. Pray for the person that's struggling right now with joy and suffering. That they would know that you are right there in the midst of their struggle. You're in the midst of their suffering. And that they would trust you. And they would see the joy that outweighs any situation or circumstance that they may be in because of who you are and the promise that you've given us that awaits us after this. Father, we thank you 
We give you all the praise and all the glory and the honor. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus that we all said together, amen and amen. Thanks again for tuning into our podcast today. I pray that it was a blessing and an encouragement to your soul. I look to see you at one of our services at 930 or 11 a.m. on Sunday morning. Take care. God bless you.